Hi, I'm Gordon. And I'm Fiona. We're from Gate Church International in Dundee and we'd like to welcome you to this week's podcast. For the next six weeks, we as a church are meeting at Gardine Theatre here in Dundee and we'd love you to join us at 11 o'clock to experience the faith journey along with us. May you enjoy this week's podcast. It's great to be here in a theatre and I love I love the power of God's Word. Isn't that amazing? We're singing there about echo. But isn't it incredible that the writings of, of, of men and women of God from thousands of years ago still have an impact on people's lives today? Isn't that incredible? But here's the thing. The Word, the word has power, but the Word only has power when the Spirit of God breathes on it. And it's important as we hear the Word this morning that there's a breath. So the breath can only come from God. So as I submit myself to this word and say, God, I, I, I bring it to you, to the people, I'm just trusting that the Spirit of God will breathe on it this morning. And where there's breath, there is life. I'll say that again. Where there is breath, there is life. And it's the breath of God that's going to breathe on the word here this morning. This morning, I want to share a word about the lens of faith. And... Um, Here's the outline of my sermon already. So you know when I get to the the final point, you know that, goodness me, he's there. Thank goodness. So I'm going to look at different points here this morning. So I I remember a number of years ago, it was approximately three years ago, I remember I I could hardly read the newspaper anymore, and, and I had to change the settings on my iPhone up to like super large. So when I got a text, I was like, yeah, I can read that. And people were saying to me, man, that is huge, that writing. Have you got bad eyesight? No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. My eyes are fine. Then it had to get bigger and bigger. And, and so humbly, you know, who, who's all the men in the house who hate going to the doctor? You know, you don't like going to the doctor. You're like, I don't, want, I don't need the doctor. And I was like, I don't need to go to an optician. I'm a big boy. I can see big writing. So I, I, I went to the optician, and he said, uh, yes, we need to try you with at least glasses, but I'd like to try you with these new lenses. They're really cool. They're like 360 lenses, and you can read and see everything with them. I was like, really? He said, yes, I'd, I'd like to try them. So I came in, and he popped them in my eyeballs, and the next thing was I went outside in the city center of Dundee, and I was like, I felt like it was in a Matrix movie. I felt like I was blind, but now I see. I was like, whoa. And it was like, it was like I could see in 3D. And I was completely amazed. But that's the power of the change of a lens. Does that make sense, people? When, when the lens changes, everything changed for me in the physical. And it's important that we understand the power of seeing through the right lens or the lens of faith. I'm going to give you an example here. Before we even get to the first point, I've got an RE example. There's two, there's two brothers. They're standing on the, the coastline of France looking over to Dover, looking over to Dover. So they're looking across, and, and they've been there before, and they've seen this view many times. And one of the brothers said, I can see the white cliffs of Dover. And the other brother said, what are you talking about? He said, it's full of cloud. You can't see anything. But, but you see, one of the things that happened with that man is he could see in his mind that the white cliffs of Dover were there because he knew they were there. And he didn't allow the cloud to block out his visualization or the sight of what he was meant to see. He knew where they were there, and he could see them in his mind. The other man was just subject to the facts. 
And here's the thing. There's a difference between facts and truth. You see, the facts were the clouds were in the way, and he couldn't see. The truth was the white cliffs of Dover were still there and visible on a clear day. Ladies and gentlemen, this morning, I want to invite you to believe not just the facts, but to believe the truth. And there's a truth that's going to be shared here this morning about faith. And I want to invite you to open up your heart and open up your mind and say, God, I want to see again. I know there's people here this morning. I just sense it in my spirit. There's people here this morning who you've believed in the past. And the Spirit of God is just brewing. He's hovering over you. And He's going to open you up. And it's time to say, do you know what? I'm going to choose to say, not, not, see, not just by facts, but see by faith as well. So that's... That's cloudy. That's, that, that's actually my first point. Cloudy with a chance of. And it's, it's important that we don't just see the clouds, but we see the truth. We know the truth. And without shadow or without doubt, and when days are cloudy, we say, do you know what? I can see. I know the truth. I know the truth of God's Word, and I'm still standing on that truth. It's important that we see with our eyes. I'm going to give you an our perspective from the moon. Let's, let's jump onto the next slide. There was two men, this isn't a joke, this is going to sound like a joke, but there was two, two of the men on one of the moon landings, and one of the men, they were tasked with picking up little stone or dirt or rocks or dust, and, and, and one of the men just stuck to the task, and, 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 and he stuck to the task, and he stuck to the task, and he stuck to the task, and, and, and he got the rocks, and he collected everything. He was a very dutiful man, and he did his work properly, and he did a great job. The second man did his job, he collected the rocks, but he was like... And he was looking down on, on the earth. He had a perspective of things that, that was bigger than just the task. And it's important that we have perspective, a faith perspective beyond the task. Sometimes in life, we're so task-orientated. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very like that. So I'm, I'm preaching to myself here this morning. So the whole thing of the task, it's important that this morning that we see the full picture. We see the glory, not just of the earth, but we see the glory of God. So it's important that we don't just see the facts or get on with the facts, but we embrace the truth as well. Right now, I want to look at the life of the centurion in the Bible. And this is powerful, this word, this word of God that comes from the gospel of Matthew. And it's incredible. It says that when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to ask him for help. Point one, he humbled himself. He asked Jesus for help. He was humble enough to ask him for help. And he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. The humility on this man is quite incredible because he was a centurion of the Roman army, and they ruled, and they were the bosses. They suppressed the, the Jewish people the nation of Israel, they suppressed them at the time. It was horrible what was happening to them. But here amongst them was a man who was humble, and he came to Jesus. He heard about the miracles of Jesus. He heard about that this may be the Messiah, probably is the Messiah. He was hearing all the reports of what people were talking about in, in the nation, in different places. He was hearing all these things. He heard of healings, and he said, I'm going to get, go and get one for my servant. And Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? Jesus, Jesus asked the man a question, the centurion a question. And the centurion replied, Lord, 
I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. He feels very unworthy. But just listen to this. This is power. Just say the. So I'm, go I'm going to ask that again. Just say the. You see, the word has power. The centurion was not a Jewish man. He wasn't someone that sat under the Holy Scriptures. He was not one of them. He was someone who recognized that there was something about this Jewish Messiah. There was something going on, and he recognized the power of authority. Now, listen to this. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Now, listen to this. This man had a lens of authority. He understood what it was to say, servant, do this, or this man, do that. He was over a command, a troop of people, and whatever he said went. So, he understood the lens of authority, and that's how he saw things. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to invite you today to see it might be you have a lens of how you see things, but whatever lens you have, there's a way through to the Lord by faith. You see, he humbled himself. He had great authority. He had a great position. He, he, he was someone that was esteemed within the, the Roman Empire, but, but here's the thing. He humbled himself, and he asked the question. So, he went from one lens. He had the lens of authority, but he went to the next lens, which was the lens of faith. And that's what happens when you see Jesus. The lens of faith kicks in. So he didn't just have the lens of authority. He also had the lens of faith as well. Listen to this. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Imagine Jesus being amazed. He's like, wow, this dude is awesome. Now, he was, Jesus is not from California. He's from Israel. So, uh, so Jesus heard this. He was amazed and said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Talk about a spanking for his disciples. I've never heard anyone in Israel, boys, to have such faith as this man over here, pagan centurion, naughty boy, under the Roman Empire, addition, cruelty upon the nation of Israel. But here it is, this man has the faith. You see, Jesus saw faith as a gift, and it's the language of God. It's God's love language. It's the, it's the movement of faith. And you see, that's the thing with the centurion. He, he, he didn't just talk about it. He actually moved. And God is attracted to movement. There's something about movement that when we move from something into what we think God might have for us, it's so attractive to God. God is attracted to faith. And you see, Jesus here said he was amazed with the centurion. I want to humble myself and say to you here this morning, do you have faith? Do you have faith to believe? Do you have faith that moves you? Or do you just have faith that makes you like, whatever, I'll just believe the facts. I don't want to move towards the truth. But here's the thing, we have facts, but we have the truth. And Jesus wants, us to, the, the, Jesus wants to lead us into his truth. And it's important that we embrace that truth by faith. Some of us this morning might need to say, do you know what, I need to step out in faith. I need to do some things with the lens that you've given me. One lens of authority, the other lens of faith. 
Let's look at another situation. This is, this is incredible as well, from Matthew chapter 9. So moving from the centurion, and, and I'm going to talk now about the lens of faith and freedom. And this is about a woman who was bleeding for quite a number of years. And it says, and suddenly, see, Jesus was walking with his disciples. And suddenly, it says, a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, if I only may, be, may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. Now, you see, the thing here is <clears throat> we read that now and think, you know, that's cool. But you've got to take the text and the context. But back in that time, for, for a woman to touch a priest, was that right or was that wrong? Was that under the law? Was that correct for her to do that? What, what, was it right for a woman to push through a man's world and lay hold of the priestly garments? Was that the right thing for her to do? It wasn't. And it was, it, it was, it was wrong in that culture. So culturally, it was wrong. But here's the thing. That woman had great faith because she knew it was life or death for her. She was probably going to bleed to death if she didn't get healed. But here's the thing. She was moved by the Spirit of God. She was moved. And something on the inside of her said, you know what? I'm hearing the rumors. I'm hearing the stories. I'm hearing all these things about this Jewish Messiah. I'm hearing all these things about him. And she just knew it was last chance saloon. And there was something within her that said, I'm going to take hold of the moment. You see, sometimes we think, you know, we think our time is up. We think our life is up. We think there's no way through. But this woman had a determination to push through a cultural lens where everybody else would see her as the wrong one, the one who's sinning, the one who's pushy, the one who's breaking through a man's world. Why is she doing this? I want to tell you, she was moved by faith. Faith is powerful. I encourage you here today that you move by faith. Sometimes things, you know, culturally, it's like, how can that be? How can we do that? But she was moved by faith. How are you going to be moved by faith today? How are you going to exercise your faith and say, I'm going to move from this place to the place that God wants me to be. Some of you might be looking for a physical miracle here today. Some of you might be looking just for a miracle in your life where your circumstances suck and you're saying, God, I need, I need a change. I need something different. But I believe by faith, as we step out, that God will do something powerful in our lives. The fact that you're here today is good news. The fact that you've stepped into this building in faith is a step of faith. What you do from here is between you and God. But I believe as you honor him and you step out from here, he will do something incredible and very significant in your life. He is able to do it. It says in Hebrews 11, it says, And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith, knowing that he is real, and that he rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking him. Isn't that wonderful? So all that is within me, all my passion and strength, like the centurion, he was moved by faith to do something and to take action. Also the woman 
with the issue of blood. She was moved by faith. She was moved. Something moved her, and she realized, I need to grasp onto this. Both these people I've preached about today have been moved by faith. Faith works. Faith moves mountains. Sometimes faith moves a mountain in a day. Sometimes faith will move a mountain. It might take decades, but I don't care. Faith moves. And keep moving in faith. Keep that movement in your life, and God will do something phenomenal. Let's look at the, the next slide. It says that Jesus' leadership was a people-centered phenomenon. Jesus only did what the Father told him to do. He submitted himself. He prayed at night, and the Father would reveal to him. The Spirit of God would reveal to him what he was to do even on the next day. He had a, he had a plan. The plan was to submit himself to his Father. That plan was revealed step by step, day by day, and Jesus obeyed the Father. He submitted himself and obeyed him. But here's the thing. Jesus' leadership style was a people-centered phenomenon. Now, here's the thing. Talk about the gift of transition. Jesus led his church, or he led his disciples, but the actual beginning of the church was the birthing of the Holy Spirit through disciples. And through Peter, who stood up at Pentecost, it was a people centered, a people-centric movement. And it was people. It was God moving amongst people. And we're believing here today that God will move amongst His people. And not just, listen to this. This is cool. You're going to love this. Right now, you're hearing the Word of God in this auditorium. There's a preacher, preacher standing before you preaching the Word of God. But I'll tell you what's even more exciting. It's when you go afterwards and there's coffee, and there's mingling, and there's prayer, and there's ministry, you're going to hear the Word of God. As you speak to one another in conversation, as you pray for one another in conversation, something will happen because it's a people movement. Partly, partly a preaching movement, that's one of the ingredients, but the key thing, it's a Holy Spirit movement, and it's a people-centered movement. Jesus, Jesus, His leadership was a people-centered phenomenon, and the church today has to be a a Holy Spirit, Jesus-led, Word of God, worshiping people. I could go on and on, but it has to be people-centered. And it's important today. We've got this space here like never before. I want to invite you at the end just to hang around and speak with people. Some of you have the Word of the Lord in your hearts by faith just to speak to one another. But as we have conversations, I just believe that the Spirit of God is going to do great things. So it's about, it's about engagement. It's about empowerment as well, and uh, that's one of the keys. Um, as we spend time together, and we worship together, and we hear the Word together, something great is going to happen on this day in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Listen, what we're going to do now, I'm going to invite the worship band up. I'm going to pray for everybody here today, and uh, we're going to have one song of worship. Then at the end of the worship, we're going to invite people to follow Jesus here today. We've got Bibles and we've got ministry people who are going to invite you, if you want to, in your heart of hearts, if you want to re-engage, you might have been a Christian centuries, sorry, decades, a long time ago, and you've, you've struggled in your faith, but there's an invitation, and I encourage you, make that movement, make that move on this day. It might be that you don't know Jesus here today, and you need to make that move I invite you, make that move. Just move towards him as we invite people at the end. So, Father, I thank you for every single person in this room. Can I invite us all to stand? Is that okay?
just as we pray. I'd like to invite us all to stand just as we move into our time of worship. Father, I thank you for every single person here this morning. I thank you that every single one of us is loved by you. And Father God, I pray that you would move by the power of your Holy Spirit on every single person in this room. And Father, I pray that I thank you for the gift of faith. It comes from you anyway. But I pray that we would exercise that faith, no matter how big, no matter how small, that we would exercise our faith. I pray that, oh God. Just come, Holy Spirit, and minister to everyone in this room. In Jesus' name.